Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, let's all read it out. We are reading verse 13 and 14. And maybe 15, but let's start from verse 13. Let's go. Let's already allow. the New Living Translation, verse 13 and 14. Let's go. find a bit challenging or interesting is that the last few words and only a a few ever find it. So many won't find it. And only a few ever find it. Many people don't find it. Only a few. And look at the verse 13. New King James or King James. He said, and how many of you know that there is a, a, a difference between enter the gate and you can enter? He said, enter it. He's not, he's not saying that's how it can happen. He said, you enter. It's more of an instruction. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way. So two things. Way and gate. There is a wide gate and a broad way. And the third thing about it is that many go by it. Many go by a wide gate. Many go by a broad way. So three things about the way you shouldn't go. Number one, four things actually. Number one, it is wide. Number two, it's a broad way. It's a wide gate. Number two, it's a broad way. Number three, many. It's trending. Number four, it's the end is the actual problem. There's a way that leads to distraction. In Proverbs chapter 14, I think so, it says that there is a way that seems right to man. Verse 12, Proverbs 14, 12. There, there is 
A way. Say a way. A way. What about the way? It seems right to man, to a man. But, oh no, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have chosen this course. I shouldn't have gone to, to this guy's house. I shouldn't have been with this girl. Oh no, now I have a life-changing sickness. Oh no. It's like it's too late. By the time you are saying, oh no, it's like you go to, it's, you go to a theme park and then you jump into one of the rides that will go into the dungeon. And when it's time, you know, those rides don't have reverse. <laughs> they buckle you down. Oh my goodness. Oh, you think it was fun. Then they start going, oh no, this is the water man. I have a sickness. It's allergic to this. Oh no, but it's too late. You're on it. So Jesus said, enter that place. Don't enter here. In future, you can't blame God. No one can ever blame God for the outcome of their lives. You've had too much to stay at that level. He to him whom much is given, much is required. What? Jesus said it. He said, to him whom much is given. Ah. That's a serious one. He who knows the master's way and does not commit things worthy of strife shall be beaten if you slide by everyone, who, by everyone to whom much is given. From him, much will be required. There's another one of the different, I think Matthew, I prefer the way, the way is it Matthew look the way he puts it. But to him whom much is given, much is required. What you are receiving by virtue of God's word will determine what God will expect from you. You are busy comparing yourself to others. God is not expecting that much from them because much has not been given to them. So, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end is death. It will cost you. Usually, I find that happening very commonly. I'm about to say something that will help you. And it's very relevant to everybody here, almost everybody here. I find it is very hard to really advise someone who is in love with someone and they want to marry. Now, in church, we do marriage. So they will say we are going to marry. But in the world, it's my boy, it's my girl. Especially a woman. When a woman is in love, she's gone. She's gone. Sometimes they use their wish to determine their direction. You know this is a thief. I'm wishing once I come into his life, he won't steal again. <laughs> it's you he's about to steal. It's you, you, you. <laughs> Marriage is not fun. Marriage comes with 
potential plenty regrets. <laughs> so sometimes you want to advise people. They can't listen. They can't hear because I just love him. But he's not good for your future. He, we, we will be, he has promised me that he'll be good. <laughs> Don't believe in the promise of a man when he's romantically interested in you. Ask mom. She'll tell you, listen to what that pastor is saying. It's usually older women who understand it better. Because by that time, by the time they understand it, they have, some of them have been beaten and have their hands bent already. What did I say? Don't believe in the promise of a man mm. when he's romantically, sexually interested in you. Romantically, he just he finds you very attractive. It doesn't mean he wants to do anything with you, but he just finds you attractive. He just feels, oh, this girl is so beautiful. I, I want you to be my girlfriend. I want to be with you. Don't believe in his promises because he himself doesn't know what he's talking about. He's been dazed. <laughs> He doesn't think right until when he comes to his senses and he realizes that he can't do anything with, your rest, with you. Where he's going, he doesn't need you. That's when he realizes that, you realize that, why are you treating me like this? It's not like that. I'm not a bad person. But girl, it's not about you, it's me. Me. I, I, just, I just need to find myself. Because he realizes that, that as they grow, they realize that I actually don't need this person in my life. Yeah. How many of you have ever gone to the supermarket or the Tesco Express or any of it to go and buy something, but you are very hungry? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, sorry. Restaurant. Mm -hmm. If you go to a restaurant and you see somebody's food, you say, um, which, uh, which one is that? I want that one. And then until you see somebody else, I, I think I like this one. Sometimes you go to a restaurant and the menu, those who, the menus that have pictures inside, ah, you are confused. And then some, uh, Waiter will come and he says that, are you ready for the orders? Says, can you please give us five minutes? <laughs> then he goes, okay, can I take the drinks? Order for the drinks. He does, he comes, you are still not ready. And sometimes you just have to make up your mind because they have to take the orders now. Everybody's ready. But see, when you are hungry, sometimes you can just keep going. Yeah. Before the food, I ordered some calamaris as well. I ordered three portions. No, no, we can share. But when they came, they put one in front of me and then they, they, the two for the others. <laughs> but I, I was merciless on the calamaris. And then I went on the pizza bread. I, so when the, my, my meal came, the main meal came, the first one, I was even almost full. Then they brought the other one. Do you know why I didn't touch the other one? I had to tell them, please pack it. Even the main one, I couldn't finish the first one. Why am I saying that? I was so hungry, I thought I needed that extra. It's only afterwards. I realized, I actually don't need this. Girl, he will tell you he needs you. Wow. He will tell you he needs you. That's where you get hurt. Because you thought he really loved you, he genuinely, when I was ordering, I really wanted it. I, re I was genuine, it's not like I wanted to waste money. Because no, I didn't want to, I'm, I don't waste money. No, 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 no. 
But I really wanted it because I, this one is good. I like this too. Okay, bring that to me because this is not too much. I'll eat this. I'll finish this. Afterwards, I didn't touch that. I didn't touch it. I took it home. I put it in the fridge. I didn't touch it. I, got, I, I wasn't hungry anymore. The next day, I, I forgot to eat it. It was the third day I remembered. There have been times food gets spoiled because I ordered too much. I take it home, but I actually forget. So you see, I wasted it. So what I'm trying to say is that as you are growing in life, especially with relationship, you might think you need somebody so badly. Girl, listen to me. You think you need him because he's such a, a great guy. You don't know. He doesn't pay bills. When you are not married, you think you'll be fine until you get married two years. Three years, sometimes even the first year, you begin to realize that. And the problem is not the romance. The problem is not how much, excuse me, my language, sex. That's not the problem because you can have a lot of it. This guy, he goes to the gym, he's very good with sex, but he's very bad with paying bills, very, very bad with looking for a job very bad with taking, cleaning the house, and very bad attitude towards women. Oh. Everything, he, he, want, he, has, he wants you to serve him. He wants you to be, it gets to a time you are, you've had it. what's this? You felt like, no, where we live is not good. It's your auntie's flat. She said we should start there. Now we have to move, and your auntie has an attitude towards me. I want us to move. I want us to take our child to nursery. He said, oh, no, 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 you can't take it. I should stay home and take it. But meanwhile, you don't have a job. And you want me to stay home. I have to go. And when I leave here, you don't want... Down, life hits. That's when life hits. You realize that I can't take this. I can't take... Then you are looking for us for counseling. Don't be desperate to go a way that can hurt you. Jesus said, there is a way. There's a way. It's not right. He said, there's that gate. Don't enter that gate. You think, see, when you are not married, you think that you'll be fine. Yes, sir. When you look at her, when you look at him, you look at the way he is, you look at the way she is, this is my perfect match. In your dreams, there's no perfect match. I don't know why I'm talking about marriage today. There's no perfect match anyway. Not even for twins. There's no perfect match. Are you sure? I've heard people, they, say, they, they are just saying, using the word, but there's no, perf- they're using the term, there's no perfect match. You got to work at it, work at it. Number one, marriage is work. Oh, I'm talking about 11. Marriage is just work, work, chore, major chore. Work you are not ready for. Work that you don't want to do. Most people think when you are in marriage, hey, it's, just, it's just romance. <laughs> It's just romance. Ah, we are in love. Most people think that's all you are living in a fool's paradise. There are times your spouse, you haven't spoken to him for three days or 12 or three because you're upset. There are times that she keeps doing what you hate. You end up marrying someone. And that's how they can irritate you. Mm. First time you won't be talking. Second time, first month, two months. But it's, this is continuing. Mm. And sometimes you are living with someone, they are upset, but you don't know why. Mm. 
or you are upset and you can't tell them, but you are really upset. And sometimes you fake it, but you are very upset. And it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. And you realize that you don't like the person, you like their height, but really their attitude, which is more important, is what is killing you. You are, you are very irresponsible if you choose a life partner based on the way you feel about them now. <laughs> a guy will tell you he will do anything for you, and you see him doing it. So it makes many men to have peace and to make you feel comfortable. They will tell you what you want to hear. I mean, it's, it's a man talk. That's, that, that's how it is. And some of the girls, they just like, you tell me what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody say, yeah. <laughs> but that's true. Yes, a woman just wants to hear some things. And so a man can master keeping telling you what is never real. Mm-hmm. What is never real, and your head is all spinning. You use your credit card. You go and get a credit card for him. You use your name to secure a car for him. Hey. Uh, a high purchase car for him. He used your name to buy a sofa and a 75-inch screen TV in his flat. There, there's nothing there. Almost every fashion furnishing there came from your pocket because he told you. And women can't stand it when they know other women like this guy. When they know girls like this guy, that's when you become more stupid. I'm talking to a potential foolish woman here. <laughs> Who is about to destroy your future because you are allowing yourself to start liking a guy in a wrong way. That won't help you. Because you haven't done the due diligence. Before you like somebody, do due diligence. They will destroy your future. Do due diligence. In this modern day, why are you falling in love with a boy who is not studying? This modern day, life is becoming very hard. Standard of living is very hard. Why are you allowing yourself because he's so good? Other girls like him. If God speaks in tongues, please, that, that, don't use that. Don't, don't use that. This is like marriage seminar. Can I preach at all? When you start, you say, can't leave, even living this without you. Your dreams, you grow up to see. So in the same way, when it comes to major issues of life, you are likely to make decisions with your limited understanding, yes. with your restricted foresight and insight. You are about to make major decisions, but your understanding is very limited. Haven't you realized that that puts you at risk? So you always need a voice from above to tell you don't go here. Because you think you're fine until 10 years later when you can't do anything about it, you have actually messed a chunk of your life. And life is a very, very interesting thing. You don't notice when you are destroying it till later. I'm I'm happy what I'm saying is raising questions in your mind. Because sometimes someone needs to force you to think in a certain way so you you can think further and the more you are thinking the more questions come up because you have lived in a certain environment or a certain state for a long time once you begin to go outside you begin to oh so what do i do about this what do i do about it that's what some of the teachings teachings like this is meant to do to make you think differently Mm -hmm. 
to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up because you have not considered things from that angle. You are making major life decisions thinking life will always be like this. Look at how old you were just five years ago. Just five years ago, you were a child. Just five years ago. Look at you, take your pictures and compare the two. Just five, and you can imagine next five years how old you'll be. And you're making decisions that are going to have major impact on next 10 years. So by the next 10 years, you realize you are quite a different person from when you were making those decisions. You now, don't, you now know far better. You are wiser. But you made the decisions that are affecting 10 years when you were less wise. So then you need someone to guide you, hold your hand, to walk you down the path so you don't hurt your future. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So you don't end up saying that boys are trash. So you don't end up saying that marriage is not good for me. Who told you? It's your unbridled sexual drive that has hurt you. It's not that marriage is bad. Usually people who are living certain life and hiding it are the ones who try to, you have to, you don't, people don't have to know that. Listen, it's a human issue. So if you go and hang around and be kissing, kissing, like hugging, hugging, shaking hands with someone with flu, you start coughing very soon. So it it doesn't need science to tell you you'll be coughing. So some of the things, it's just human. Sexual desire is human. No amount of spirituality will take you away. Did you hear what I said? No amount of prayer will be able to take away your drive for food, your drive for drink, and your drive for sex. Prayer doesn't solve that problem. So, Pastor, what am I supposed to do? Manage it. (laughs) Manage it by the help of the Holy Spirit. What prayer does is prayer brings the help of God in your life. The Holy Spirit can now be involved. That is the advantage some of us have over other people. Because we have the Holy Ghost with us. So the Holy Spirit helps us. And we have two things. The Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God's word. So we are able to make wise decisions without hurting our future. How come I married 20 years ago? This month, April, exactly 20 years I married. Watch this. How come I married 20 years ago and I have not regretted? I have not regretted. I got it right. But how could I have made a decision 20 years ago and 20 years on a still healthy decision? I made, so it's like now that I know more, how, how, I knew less when I was making a decision. But how did I escape and I made a decision that is able to go far into my future? Because I had the guide of God's word and the Holy Spirit. And the word of God, the guidance from the word of God is what I'm sharing. Don't just choose somebody because of the way you feel about them. I like the way the place is quiet. Some of you, after here, send, don't call him. Send him a message. Say, I'm, 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 it's finished. Or just end it without telling him. Because you know, when you go, he will just say, girl, are you very sure? And that alone can melt your heart again. Yeah. Oh, but... What some people say, oh, but I, I just want to be, he's not a bad person, so I want to do it nice, so that, you want to do it nice? Please, you have to fight for your future. The person has not done anything wrong, but your, your association, your relationship is wronging your future. So fight for your future. Later on, you can, that's what I, what I like about guys. When a guy realizes I don't need this girl again, hey, it's the girls who don't let go, but the guy, yeah, 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 yeah. 
A guy, even if some are very ruthless, but others, they will still, even if not ruthless, they will do it. Because they don't like you anymore. You are going out with a guy who for time is not calling you. When you call, he's not picking. You can tell he's, he's voting with his feet. The interest has gone down. You haven't been going out for many months. Already, he's not overexcited and every time complaining about this. And he's not been calling. He's gone silent. He, and you are telling me, I know the next time we speak, I know he's going to tell me we should end the relationship. Girl, I told him, stop responding to his call. I told her, stop responding to his call. Block him first. Not block him, but no. Ignore him first, just for two days. He'll realize that, hey, girl, what's up? What's up? What's up? He'll start chasing you. Because most guys don't want the girl to say, I don't need you. So you take the step, he will chase you more. Hmm. Is this preaching? Yes, it is. Yeah, 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 yes, it is. <laughs> Some of you, there is no way God can use you with you being in relationship with that girl, with that boy. There's no, I'm telling you, there's no way God can use you. There's no way your prospects of expecting, hoping God can use you. There's no way. And listen, the older you are growing, the more, the less chances you have. Listen, I started doing this when I was 17 years old. So don't think it will, if I started it at 24, it, I won't be where I am. It matters, so timing matters. Bible says time and chance happens to them all. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Time and chance, time and chance, time and chance. Chapter 9 verse 7. The race is not to the swift. Not to the sweet, nor battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to everybody. What you do within the time determines whether you'll be the one to be celebrated. Time and chance. Time and chance happens to them all. You always be given the chance to make the right decision. And it is, it is, Travesty of destiny to make a foolish, a hurtful decision, decision that will damage your destiny, your prospects in destiny, when you are surrounded with good advices. How did you miss it? It's a sign of a stubborn heart or a foolish heart, like the prodigal son. You must let someone who has gone ahead of you hold your hand, even if you think that, Oh, uh, there's nothing wrong with this direction I'm going. Let them hold your hand away from that direction because you haven't seen what's ahead. You haven't seen what's ahead. That's why I can look at you, and usually it's not everybody I I can look at you and tell you, don't go out with a girl like this, like this. I can tell you because, one, I know where you are going. And then, two, two, I know this thing won't work. So sometimes you can see ahead of time. You can see when you come, coffee, coffee. <clears throat> I just know. Did you go around that place? I knew you have been there. Can you imagine you go to a doctor, you tell the, the person, I've not, my ear has been itching. He can ask you a question that, how did you know that? You see, you think people don't know. 
Not when they are experienced. Not when they are experienced. When they are experienced, that's why they are there. They are there to help you, guide you, to, uh, to walk away from what can hurt you. A pastor's job is not only standing and preaching. The Bible says, la bibidi, la bibidi, that's French, okay? The Bible says, the Bi- oh, did I get it right? Yeah. The Bible says, John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so other. That's the key part of the work. But we are also meant to guide you. Hold your hand to take you through the journey. That's why when you stay under pastoral care, there's no way you miss it in marriage. And even if your marriage is becoming turbulent because it's just life, we can still help you hold your hand and you won't go through divorce. I mean, look at how much church preaching has saved you from making stupid decisions. Some of you, by God's grace, I say this to the glory of God, you've gone back to uni. You've gone back to college. can, Can you imagine? Just because you came to church, you've gone back. You have left the streets. You have left the nonsense life you are living. You have moved out from the boys' house. Now you have become at least wiser. Because several boys have used you too much. You were so stupid, but now you are wise. Because you came to church and you started hearing the preaching of God's word. So I feel sorry for someone who said, me, I don't do church. Do mess. Keep going. Later we will meet five years, ten years later. We will meet on the other side of life and you will, you will see that you are a sorrowful life and we are a better life. I don't have a sorrowful life. Because I got in early. Another way of putting it. By the time you are getting here, you have been overexposed. Your childhood was taken from you very early. You have been compromised. Yeah. You, have been comp- you know too much. It can hurt you. All right, let me go back to my original message and finish in a few minutes. We are here. Wow. So, some of us, before you arrived at the hospital, you were already in a life and death situation. You almost died. You know, sometimes someone is attacked or shot and he said, uh, they, 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 they are in a critical, uh, a critical position but critical, but slightly stable. So you got in at the right time when you have already impregnated three girls. You see, it doesn't mean you are a wrong person for destiny. It means that you have been compromised. And it will come to bite you later. So you just have to prepare yourself for the biting. (laughs) You hear what I said? Whatever you do will come back later. Those of you who have been stealing, those of you who have been doing fraud, it will come back later. It will come. Those of you who have been cheating on girls and hurting women, watch this. Read my lips. It will come back later to come. So it's better you stop it so that the severity of the impact will also be mitigated. Did you, did you understand what I'm saying? There's a gentleman called Saul of Tarsus. He was killing Christians. And Jesus, hey, come here, I want to use you. God used him mightily. But when God called him, in Acts chapter 9, verse from 15 somewhere there, he said, I have called him and I will show him the number, how many things he will suffer. <laughs> His calling was suffering. <laughs> For I will show him how many things he must suffer for me, uh, for my name's sake. God said, don't worry, go and go to him, I've called him. I will, right from the beginning, God told him that you, 
you will suffer. He suffered more than any Christian recorded in the Bible. He suffered. Why? Because he, he, he harassed the church so much. By the time it was, he has repented. But his, his, the Bible said, don't be deceived. Galatians 6, 7. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Um, ah, this is not nice. This is a powerful scripture. For whatever, say whatever. whatever. You are planting tomatoes, you will reap tomatoes. You are planting cucumbers, you will reap cucumbers. You are planting oranges, you will reap oranges. You are planting satsumas, you will reap sat. You are planting bananas, you will reap. You don't plant bananas and reap kiwi. <laughs> Whatever. Whatsoever. I don't know what your whatever is. That's why I'm busy planting good seeds into your life. When I preach, one of the advantages God has given me in life is when I preach, I don't preach for applause. I never preach to offend. But if you are not interested in the Christ I'm preaching, I actually don't care. Because you didn't call me. And two, this is being strong. I didn't even know you were coming. <laughs> so you are not what would validate what I'm doing. So I won't change my message to impress you. But I will be focused because I am busy building people. And the seeds I'm sowing, that's why I encourage we have stable, solid Christians. One of the reasons why we have solid Christians is because of the teaching. And I won't let one person, you just came, last week came, he said, I, I, I don't like the preaching. No! Yes, sir. It's helping people. Bible says that the preaching we preach to some people is foolishness, but to some others is the power of God. So I don't care whether you like. Paul preached in Acts chapter um, 19. He preached, verse 6. He was teaching them, and Bible says, some spoke evil of them. Ah! That's good preaching. That's good preaching. People spoke evil of it. A man, a good man. Bible, he told them a parable in Matthew chapter, chapter 13, verse 25, 26. He said, tell them another parable, verse 27 in particular. How a man went to sow good seeds. Hey! But when men slept after church, hey! well, but while men slept, the enemy came and began to reinterpret the preaching to you. While men slept, at the end of the preaching, when life goes back to normal, suddenly you begin to question. Oh, this thing, uh, I don't agree with what he was saying. You, what do you know? Is someone getting something? Yes. So, I am investing seed. He says that it's like a man who sows good seeds. In fact, Jesus used the word good. Another parable is that the kingdom of God is like the kingdom of God. It's, a, it's, it's, it's like the kingdom of heaven. This whole system of God, this whole system, that's how it works. It's like, it, is, it says that the kingdom of God is like a man who sows good seeds in his field. Almost like church, when you are preaching, you are sowing good seeds. He said, but while men. The enemy, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and he also went his way. 
So you won't see him, but he's done a job. In the morning you come, in the morning you come, enemies, there's no sign of the enemy, but the fruit of the enemy begins to show. So the Bible says that later on, the workers went, and then they saw that tears, we planted wheat, but tears, but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tears also appeared. Sometimes in my dealings with you, I can notice that a tear is appearing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because you've been speaking to some people. You've been going to some places. Somebody's reinterpreting what's going on here. I can see a tear is appearing. I can see a tear is appearing. Nobody who has ever been blessed by a church like this will ever, in their normal sense, say, Caris is not for me. A tear has been sold. <laughs> Somebody has sold something. And when you see somebody who has eaten poison, you have to back off. Because it's very contagious. Grace is spread from person to person, just like coronavirus. <laughs> Grace is spread from person to person. The same way, tears, spiritual tears, spiritual negative seeds are also spread from person to person. I, is someone listening to something? This is all part of the plan. So, wild men slept, the enemy so test, and then they said, Master, we sold to the servants of the master. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did we not sow good seeds in your field? How then does this tear, does it have tears? Could we just sow this? See, if you're a master, you must know. The master said, <laughs> you guys don't know. Because he came in the night. So you don't know. I didn't see him, but I know this one is a presence, a sign that an enemy has been here. The master said, look at the next verse. Then the master said, an enemy has done this. He said to them, an enemy has done So they said, okay, then let's go and cut, cut the test. Hey, take your time. Because the, the wheat, they are fresh. By cutting the test, they look similar. You may end up damaging the wheat as well, but we need the wheat. But I said, let them grow together. He said, let the two grow together. Let, the, let, the, let them grow together. Leave them. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Sometimes you're advising somebody, and you realize that this advice, I've pastor is advising you, don't marry that woman. Don't marry that man. I realize that you are going too far. If I tell you don't, you might run away, and I will not be able to help you. So I leave you. <laughs> How is your relationship going? What's your wedding date? Okay, we are praying for you. <laughs> so that you can stay for us to help you in the time of emergency. There's something in this society that hates Christians. So if you want to be a Christian, get ready for the hatred. Jesus told us already in the book of John chapter, chapter, um, um, chapter 15, verse 18. What does it say? Ha, ah, let's read it out Did you see that? Look at the next verse. Don't be worried in Eunice the way they can't stand Christians. And they can't stand Christian opinion. Don't be intimidated by words like bigots. It doesn't mean you are a bigot. I'm just telling you, if you want to be a Christian, the way is narrow. Don't be a fake Christian. Tell somebody, don't be a fake Christian. Tell somebody, don't be a fake Christian. 
Build a real deal. Build a real talent. Build a real deal. Build a real deal. You know some people are not happy with what I'm saying. Read my lips. I don't care. <laughs> At least I'm happy you are hearing this. If you don't come again, you you always remember what I told you. Even if what I'm saying makes you run away, not coming. At least you you know why you run away. Some and one day in future you come back to this statement. You realize that the pastor told you the truth. And I am not afraid of your face because I'm not a salesman. I'm not looking for customers. <laughs> I'm looking to help people to grow close to Christ. Grow and make an impact in your generation. How many of you are ready to make impact? If you don't make an impact, you are a zero, not a hero. <laughs> when you add when you add zero to 3,848, what do you get? Somebody says zero. <laughs> Let's try it again. When you add zero to 387,200, what do you get? I'm just watching you, please. <laughs> when you add zero to 10, what do you get? When you add zero to 82, what do you get? 82. When you add zero to one, what do you get? One. So the zero didn't do anything to the number. One. If you don't make impact, you are a zero. You didn't do, you, did, you didn't help, you didn't impact anybody. Don't only receive, be a contributor. Contribute to people's destiny, make an impact. That's one of the prayers I've always prayed since I was growing up. Lord, help me to make an impact. I want to make an impact. I want to make an impact. I want to make an impact in the lives of people and in this generation. Make, you, have to, you have to decide that you want to make an impact. Holy Spirit, help me to make an impact. Help me, come upon me, Holy Spirit. I want to make an impact. I want to make an impact. You have to make a, Listen, you don't have a choice. You are charged. You have to make an impact. Don't let your background and your past stop you. That's why it's called past. It's past. That's why it's called present, because it's a gift. It's a present. A present. Take advantage of now. Yes. Nobody is a rating of failure in life, as long as you have life. Yes. Even if you have been in prison for 28 years. Mandela was in prison for so long. I think 25 or 27 years. Almost 30 years in prison. He came out and became the first president of post-apartheid Africa. South Africa. And they put a statue in um, square, uh, Parliament Square. Can you imagine? Black man, Parliament Square. He was, he's very much revered, respected in the world. A, an ex-convict. Paul was an ex-convict. Paul, yeah, he's been in prison, not once. For the right reasons, though. But... <laughs> For the gospel. But so don't let what you have done, your pa- if Rahab, who was a prostitute, Rahab, he was the madam of a brothel. That's how she could, hide, she could hide people there. If she didn't own the place, she wouldn't, it's a prostitute, she was hiding people. She was a, broth- a madam of a brothel. And she became the great, great, great grandmother of Jesus. But the truth is, listen, brothers and sisters, when you want to 
go for a loan, when you want to apply for a loan or for a mortgage or some jobs, every well-structured organization will do credit check on you. If you want to go and teach, they'll do DBS check. They'll check, they'll check your background, they'll check your... If you want to work around Whitehall, the checks they do on you, you get the job, but you might start in two months because they are doing so many checks on you. Even some units, they will do checks on you. If you want to buy a house, they'll do checks on you. That's how our world works. But when God wants to use you, he doesn't do checks on you. Because he doesn't need your past. He doesn't need to know how bad you used to be. He just deals with you where you are at, how your heart is ready. That's where the challenge is. Stop talking about your past and always beating yourself about, I've done this, I've done this, people don't know. that. We don't want to know. It's not necessary. We just like you the way you are. If you can now, let's grow together. All right? Your, your present is more important to us than your past. Organizations, human organizations deal with your past. They need to know. They need to know what school you've attended. They need to, they, they need to know. Uh, they need some testimonial from places you have been. They need it. But we don't need it. The church, the, God does not need it. He doesn't need it because he can make it. He can make your future what he wants it to be as long as you make yourself available. I was teaching last week about how Paul in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29, he said, for this reason I strive, I labor, striving. For this end, to this end I labor, striving. What's the basis of his striving? According to the the, his working, according to his working, which works in me mightily. So all the things I'm doing, I'm working on the outside, but there's something greater working on my inside. That's why he does not need your credit history. He does not need your, your, your good history. All he needs is your availability. If you can open your heart and re open yourself and be willing to work with God, then he will start the work in you. God always works in you and he shows on you. Philippians chapter two, chapter 2, verse 13. It is, it, is, it is God who is at work in you. Where does God work? Where does God work? That's why Colossians, Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It doesn't matter what your past is like, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. As I end, I want to tell somebody, you have a future. Amen. You have a future. Amen. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. I stand here on the account of God's word as a prophet, and I'm telling you, you have a future. Amen. That's why I've committed my life to teaching great people like you. Why, what's the purpose of the teaching? To hold your hand, to guide you. Hold your hand to guide you into the glorious future. The, so that at the end, we can present you mature to Christ. At the end. So when, when somebody asks me, so all this suffering you have been putting in, all this labor you are doing, what's, the, what's, the, what's your reward? What's the point? I don't look for money. I don't look for house to show. Not a car by human beings. Paul said, you are our evidence. That's why I do what I do. Please clap for Jesus. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. 
May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carriage Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Carriage Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Carriage on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.